With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the most entertaining show since Barney Miller. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. How are you doing tonight? It's Friday night. Ah, a little yucky out right now. Little yucky out. Supposed to be a pretty good weekend, though. 20 tomorrow, 24 Sunday, getting up to 27 Tuesday and Wednesday. Here we go. And hey, why do you need to go outside tonight? We got a game seven in an hour the Wild and the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights favored to win this series. They were up three games to one, they were going home for game five. Everything was going according to plan. The plan of the evil genius. And now the underdog has come back. And now they got the evil genius all worried. Game seven's coming up in an hour, seven o'clock. Tomorrow, it'll be the Maple Leafs and the Canadians. Game six of that series, the Canadians staying alive last night. And it'll be game one tomorrow between the Islanders and the Bruins. We're going to talk about both of those series as we move along tonight. Brian Wild, my colleague from Global Montreal, used to work at CFRN here in Edmonton. He's going to check in, tell you about what's going on with the Habs and the Leafs. They will have fans tomorrow for that game at Bell Centre. So that's going to be pretty cool to see fans at a game in Canada. And Chris King will check in a little bit later on. Good friend of the show. He's the play-by-play voice for the New York Islanders who uh, dispatched the Pittsburgh Penguins, and now they'll go up against the Boston Bruins. And yes, as I've seen uh, some of you in oil country dub it, it is the Eberle versus Hall series. So uh, we will talk about those as we move along tonight. Also, Blue Jays in action. They are in Cleveland, and they are leading 3-2 in the top of the third. Basketball tonight. Knicks lead Atlanta 39-38. That's about halfway through the second quarter. The series is tied 1-1. Nets and Celtics coming up a little bit later on. And then uh, at 7.30 Mountain Time, it is the Clippers facing the Dallas Mavericks. The uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, they will be back at it tomorrow. They were, uh, they might have, well, they could have played today if uh, if Vegas had won the series against Minnesota. They would have had their second game against the Henderson Silver Knights today. Instead, uh, it's tomorrow. So anyway, uh, we will talk about that uh, as we move along as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kellen Kennedy's back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. You can get in touch. The hotline is presented by CertainTeed, 780-496-0063. CertainTeed, professional grade building materials. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you can email inside sports at 630ched.com. So uh, what do we want to do here? I, you know, the, the one thing that I love about doing this show is that many of you are a lot of fun, and I was double-checking when it was. It was three Fridays ago. It was May 7th. The Oilers had wrapped up a playoff spot. Hope was springing eternal. Uh, They were coming off that game where Koskinen allowed four goals on four shots, which wasn't so good. 
And for some reason, I don't know why I said this, but I, I don't know why I do a lot of things. But I said, if you want to write into the show tonight, I demand a little bit of creativity. And I want you to write your thoughts in limerick form. Don't just, you know, blast out a sentence and, uh, you know, say whatever. Put some effort into it. And, and actually, I, I was stunned to believe, or I was stunned to learn, it, it, it went over fairly well. We, we got several, uh, we got many limericks written into the show. A lot of them were funny. A couple of them didn't quite follow the limerick form. So, and last Friday, somebody wrote in and said, Reed, when are you going to do the limericks again? We're doing it tonight. We're doing it live. So tell you what, here's your assignment for this evening. The, 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 it'll be, well, I guess you could call in and read one on air if you want. So you can call in or you can text. It may be easier to text for this one. 780-496-0063 or email inside sports at 630chad.com. Give me a limerick, and the topic is the first round of the playoffs. So I'm sure for many of you that means uh, Oilers and being swept by the Jets, but I don't want to limit it to one series. So there's your assignment tonight. I would like a limerick on the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And last time we did it, I kind of read them throughout the show. You, you have a deadline for this one, 7.30, and then at 7.30 the night, the best limericks get on air and maybe we'll find you a canned ham. Because if, you know, if things keep going well and we open up and we can start getting together in public, who knows? Maybe a canned ham's going to get delivered to your door by me or Kellen or Dave Campbell or even Morley Scott, for that matter. We may finally put Morley to work. So there's your assignment to have some fun on a Friday. I would like by 7.30 your uh, first round Stanley Cup playoffs themed limerick. Also... Another, this is a double assignment tonight. And if you think that assignment is frivolous, wait till you hear this one. On this show from time to time, we do a little segment called Name the Animal. Now, we started doing this in the fall when we were discussing new names for the Edmonton football team. And Elk or Elks is in the running. It still, it still is. It's going to be Elk, Elks, or Energy. That's what I think at this point. And no, I don't know when it's going to be announced. So Kellen played an Elk noise. Because I didn't know, even know what an Elk sounded like. So Kellen found, in, in the uh, 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary, he found an Elk. And he got it to come on air. So now, periodically... Kellen will get a sound of an animal in the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary. He will play it on air, and I have to guess what it is. And I do quite poorly at this. But last night, perhaps, even though he, he basically had to give away to me the, what animal it was, for, in my mind anyway, because I could hardly stop laughing, the most entertaining version of Name the Animal. Here was the noise we had. I can barely function just hearing that. Play it again. Play it again, Kellen. So that's a goat. And we have now adopted that goat as the official goat of Inside Sports. So also, email me or text me, and we'll go through these at 7.30, and we'll pick one tonight. Name the goat. We want you to name the Inside Sports goat. Now, of course, usual rules apply you know, no profanity, nothing naughty, nothing offensive. I got to trust you to stick to that. And no, we're not going to name it Reed, and we're not going to name it Kellen. Okay? 
<laughs> so, so there it is. I want a limp by 7.30. I want a limerick on the first round of the playoffs, and the best ones are going to get red and might get a canned ham, and I want you to name the goat. And remember, this is the go- how the goat sounds. can't even I, I can't keep it together when i hear that he's now the official goat of inside sports we'll get wild next hi seidel Oh, sorry, Kellen. I cut you off there. We got we got a highlight ready. But a pass, a bad one by Galchenyuk as a breakaway. Canadians in on goal! Off the goal post! Oh, no, it's in! I thought that went off the post, Ralphie. It came out so fast, but the Canadians have scored on a horrific pass from Galchenyuk that was picked up. It was a two-on-nothing. That's the call from Joe Bowen from the Maple Leafs radio network. A little bit in disbelief there about the Leafs turnover and the Canadians two on nothing goal to win it last night. They're going back to Montreal for game six tomorrow. And we go to Montreal right now from global Montreal. It's my buddy, Brian wild checking in. Brian, how are things? Hey, Reed, really good. Oh man. Poor Joe. Uh, that was a hard one to see that it had actually gone in the net. Uh, there were like, I heard five calls now. That's the fifth call I heard of that goal. Uh, there was only one guy that wasn't fooled. <laughs> that, well, and I and I agree. Looked like it hit the post. Yeah, and I was watching it. Like they scored with about five minutes left in my show last night, so I have the TV on here with the sound down, and I thought that he fanned on it. And I'm, I'm looking yeah. for the puck, and then I see the Canadians celebrating. Yeah, well, we don't mean to uh, to make fun of Joe because that's a that's a tough no, call. No, absolutely but, uh, not. Everybody got fooled on that one, except for Dan Robertson uh, here in Montreal. Come outside, but I mean, he hesitated too because it was just I don't know. It, it I don't know what it hit in the net, but it came out funny. You weren't sure. So, but it's too bad when that kind of thing happens. I've been play by play myself, and uh, I've made the exact same error. At, uh, outside of a soccer goal versus inside of a soccer goal when it's hitting the outside uh, uh, mesh. So it can happen, man. It can happen. Yeah. Well, exciting this one. And it's interesting because I, I feel like a lot of people who were neutral about this series wanted it to get to game six simply because of the fans in Montreal. So mm-hmm. tell us what yeah. the what the capacity is going to be and, and how these fans are being selected to come to the game. Oh, man, this is, uh, you know, I mean, it was such a great idea, and, and everybody's so excited. And, I mean, it's only 11% capacity, right? The, the uh, Bell Center can do about 21-273, and there's only allowed, uh, according to the Quebec government laying out the guidelines, because the province has been doing actually quite well uh, in keeping case numbers down. So they are allowing this number. It's 2,500. So they were scooped up by season ticket holders really fast. Now here comes the bad part. <laughs> they're all selling them. On oh, Sub no. Hub. Yeah, and Ticketmaster. And they're getting, like, ridiculous amounts. They paid $250, and they're getting $4,000. So I don't know where people have $4,000, because me, myself, I'm not doing that well during COVID. But somebody is, because that's a lot of money. It's 4000 a head. I mean, that's 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 crazy. Uh, but I guess it's the hottest ticket in town when it's been 444 days in Canada since there's been a professional sporting event with people at it. 
Wow, I, I didn't realize they were being jacked up that much. Well, a, a lot of excitement. Um, you know, I, I've been watching most of this series. Like I said, some of the games are on during my show, so I kind of watch them with with one mm-hmm. eye. You you've been all over it. What what do the Habs have to do to stay alive tomorrow? I mean, they they almost let it slip away last night, but got got the win. What do you look for tomorrow? Well, I think one of the things they did in Game 5, which I thought was their best game of the series, better than the Game 1 that they actually won, Game 5 they performed better, uh, they spent a lot more time in the blue paint. Uh, They were inside 10 feet a lot more. Uh, They have a habit, this club, of, you know, dancing along the boards and playing a lot of hockey in the perimeter. And when they play in the perimeter, they're not great shooters. Uh, if anybody follows Corsi and Fenwick and goals expected percentage and stuff like that, the Canadians were top five all year in attempted shots and that type of scenario, but they don't have great shooters. So if they're taking them from 25 feet, um, the likelihood is that they're going to make a goalie look great. And uh, that's what happened for a lot of the year. And this game five, they really got in the dirty zones. The first goal from Armia was uh, in the dirty zone. Uh, Kanyemis was in the dirty zone as well. Uh, and that, I think, is going to be vital. If they're playing on the outside, they're, they're going to lose this game. And they have to stay confident, too, Reed. I mean, you just watch this team in the first period, they come out like gangbusters, and by the third period, they've lost, you know, half of their base that they're the better team. Uh, and they're not the better team. So <laughs> that falls into the equation a lot, too, when you're trying to beat somebody that's actually better than you. Who do you think's been the uh, Habs MVP in the series so far? Oh, it's got to be Carey, I think. Yeah. You know, he's he's at nine two zero, but the quality of shot is like really high. Uh, the odd man rushes uh, in one of the games. He faced five in the first half of the game. I believe that was game uh, four. Uh, so I mean, when you're giving, you know, three breakaways, two two on ones, a couple three on twos, and Toronto has been really good at that. They've shown a lot of defensive discipline, apart from the Caulfield to Suzuki. I mean, that was the first odd man rush in essentially three, four games. So, um, Carey's had to face a lot of high-quality shots. And him putting in a 9-2-0 so far, uh, to me, has been, has been the story. Because he put in, you know, a really bad number during the regular season. He put in a 900. And the last four regular seasons, he's only played 907 as a save percentage. But yet his last three playoffs are 933, 936, and so far a 920. So he's getting up for the big games and he's making a difference. So that's got to be the answer to that one, I think. Yeah, well, the uh, oil country learned all too well about the impact of yeah. a goaltender. Well, because Hellebuck, I, I believe Hellebuck Hellebuck first in the league, right? 950, something like that. Uh, yeah, MVP of that series for sure. Okay, oh, Brian, thanks. Thanks for checking in, especially uh, on a Friday night. We always love having you on the show, and, and you always have great perspective on what's going on with the Canadians. That'll be fun to hear how loud those 2,500 fans sound <laughs> yeah. tomorrow night. They're obviously excited to spend a lot that. of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy amount, a crazy amount. Thanks for asking me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Right. Right on. That is Brian Wild from Global Montreal on the show. You may have seen his uh, blog that he writes on the Canadians, The Call of the Wild. Brian used to work right here in Edmonton at CFRN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we got the 630 news coming up. Then back, more inside sports on 630 Chet. And basketball tonight, now halftime. Atlanta leading the New York Knicks 58-44. Game three of that series, it is tied 1-1. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. Well, this is a treat. Former D-man Mark taking up part of his Friday night to give me a call. Mark, what's going on? Well, you're, you're giving me a break from painting. So, Reed, uh, this, is, uh, this is a welcome break. <laughs> what are you painting? <laughs> oh, just putting some primer in the, in the basement living room and then... Uh, We'll, we'll paint it up with some color there next week. Oh, that sounds <laughs> exciting. Well, good for you. Oh, for the, so exciting. Is it a table hockey room? Uh, well, yeah, there is a table in there that I play table hockey on. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all. If people are wondering why I asked Mark that question, uh, Mark, besides being a regular uh, texter and caller to the show, and one of the 14 people who listens to the show is also, what were you, the president of the Edmonton Table Hockey League, the commissioner? What was your title? No, I was I was neither of those things. Okay. I, I uh, was just an avid enthusiast of the game, and uh, uh, I try my best to uh, spread that uh, enthusiasm to other people. So okay. I guess I'm in charge of the communication department, uh, if there was such a thing. <laughs> there we go. Well, that was a fun interview we did a couple of years ago. Anyway, sorry, I've taken you off topic. You actually do have uh, something on your mind, I assume, that you called in for. Well, actually, I do. It's uh, it, it actually has a little bit to do with John Shannon's interview with Bob today. And, uh, you know, they were talking about officiating and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I guess, it's, it's excitement, uh, you know, in the game and, and whatnot. Well, I mean, John, and I'm not going to slag on John. I, I have the utmost respect for John. I think his, uh, his thoughts and his opinions uh, I value. But I think on this particular issue, I, I, I couldn't be further uh further from him on this because i mean he he was equating the amount of time that you know tom brady touches the uh the ball and as he said he doesn't always throw it he's frequently handing it off but you know 90 times well i mean in essence he's touching it for half the game and the other quarterback's touching it for the other half of the game and they talked about lebron james and you know when he's on the court uh, you know he's there for you know 40 45 minutes of the game so uh, they, they they influence the game a lot more than a Connor mcdavid because i mean his his actual time with the pucks physically on his stick you know is, is significantly less than one what one might think well the the problem i have with what's going on with officiating is when you get into this this thing of called managing the game and uh you know john and uh and uh, Bob were talking about that, and, he, and Bob said, "Well, you know, wouldn't you, you, you know, wouldn't you like to see an eight-seven game?" And John's like, "Well, you know, not really." And uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see that. And and the reason why I'd like to see that is, is it probably means some of the flagrant fouls that uh, don't get called are getting called, and uh, you're, you're putting you're putting the uh, the best players in the game on the ice. And let's be honest, Reed, who do you want to see play the game? You know, do you want to see the uh, the uh, the top players playing the game, or do you want to see the fourth liners playing the game, Reed? Like, oh yeah, I'm, for sure. It's all about the stars, absolutely. Well, and and that's my thing. And 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 John was talking about it more in 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 terms of um, 
it being a team sport, absolutely hockey is a team sport. I mean, basketball, to be honest, if you've got three uh, extraordinary uh, talents on your team, you've got a championship winning team. Uh, you know, in the case of the Oilers, clearly we got three, three very high quality talents on this, this team amongst others. And obviously that doesn't make a championship team. You need more, but uh, you know, the people pay the price to see the tickets, not because they're paying for the fourth liner. Yes. Inadvertently they're getting paid through those ticket funds, but they're paying to watch the best players. You know, you, you, you have a, a coffee break if you, if you are actually able to go into the office, read. And uh, if you're talking with somebody, you, you never, I've never heard anybody in my life say, man, I love the clutching and grabbing I saw last night. You know, that, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that guy clutched and grabbed like nobody I've ever seen before in the game. It was amazing. Never happened. Ne- never ever in my lifetime has that happened they sit there and they talk about that amazing goal the the thing where he you know somebody went between two players and their pants were on the ice because they were so badly beaten the goaltender that just made this incredible save you know this this body check that's what we talk about we don't talk about the garbage we don't talk about the slashing we don't talk about the hooking the only time we talk about that is when those things are called and your team, you know, may or may not have won a game as a result of that. That's the only time we talk about that garbage. So, you know, and, and you could cut in any time, Reed. But well, okay, I, here, here's, the, here's what I'm going to say. And I said this to Rob after one of the games um, because, of course, we got, you know, we always get some calls and feedback about should have that been called, was Connor held up, all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm at the point where I think we have to stop blaming the referees and start blaming the NHL. And by the NHL, I'm not talking about uh, Bettman and Daly and Campbell. I'm talking about general managers, players, and coaches, because ultimately it is members of those three societies that form the competition committee that make the rules and tell the referees what to do. So the problem here is uh, the, the, this whole time, the people who participate in the NHL at the most important level, coaching, playing, and managing, for some reason are fine with the way the game is called, even though many of the star players over the years that are employed by these people complain about it. And that's the thing that boggles my mind when I really start sit down and think about it. Well, and Reed, I couldn't agree, agree with you more. I couldn't. Because you're you're sitting there and you and you and you're you're looking at what's going on, and and they're they're directly adver they're directly what they're what they're doing is they're they're sitting there and and they're turning the game into something that is not exciting. And I will agree with John in this regard, where he talked about entertainment. The whole purpose is to entertain. The 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 problem I have with what they're doing is they're making it less entertaining. They're sitting there and they're creating parody that wouldn't otherwise exist. And, okay, and so, so do you? So do you want twenty-four power plays a game, or do you want the the players to be so, slowly conditioned over the next few years so that they don't even do that stuff? And you know, want, you can't grab a guy or put a stick on a guy. I want the game to evolve. The game is being held back. 
the, the reason why everybody likes the NFL, I started watching the NFL early in the 80s, and it really wasn't all that exciting. And I'm, I mean, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so you know how they played. It's like, oh, yeah, we won a game, 9-3. <laughs> I, I mean, I loved it. I was a Bears right. fan. It was fantastic. They won the game 9-3. Great defensive game. You know, they ran the ball four times out of four every single time. And, you know, it's like, woohoo, that was, that was exciting. But, I mean, that's, that's how they played. They evolved the game. And now, why is the NFL the biggest sport in the world? It's the biggest sport. Because it's wide open and unpredictable. Exactly. And, and what we're doing is, is they're, they're devolving the game into, uh, into something that it, it doesn't have to be. And and as you said, it, it comes down to it comes down to the the people that make those decisions. The referees are obviously not calling everything that they should call, but you can't necessarily blame the referees. The, the people that are in charge of the referees have to sit there and say, "Look, this is how it's going to be." And to answer your question about twenty four power plays, I'd love to see twenty four power plays. I sure as hell don't want to see it every game. I want to see it for the first two weeks of the season until they realize as you pointed out, until they get conditioned. And they're like, oh, man, we can't play that way anymore. You know, we've got to play a different style of hockey or we're going to get killed. And, and, I, and, I, and I saw a game earlier this year, and I believe it was Edmonton and, uh, and Ottawa. And the thing that disgusted me about that game most, most uh, was not the fact that Edmonton, you know, beat Ottawa. I mean, that was great. Uh, is that Edmonton was thrashing them. And then, quite literally, they decided at one point, we're not going to call any more penalties on the Ottawa Senators. And the game showed. The game showed all of a sudden, the scoring stopped. Ottawa kind of got, I mean, kind of got back into it. It was 6-3 or 7-3, whatever the final was. But that game easily could have been 10-1. Right. Could have been 11-1. to and they start influencing when you start doing that, when you start managing it because one team is clearly out of it, like they're, they're, it's not even close. And when you start managing it, you're starting to try to influence the outcome of a game. And uh, I think with the NHL, another reason why the NFL is so popular is sports betting. Oh, and sure. And that, really, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're walking a fine line when they start doing this with officiating because if I were a degenerate gambler, and I was sitting there and looking at over unders. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on this. I wouldn't bet on this league. I wouldn't do it because they could sit there and go, "Yeah, you know what? We're going to put away the whistle this game," and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a game that is uh, is low scoring. I mean, I'm not saying you can't score when it's not you don't have a power play, but or they can do vice versa. They could call penalty after penalty after penalty. And, you know, a game where you expect the outcome is yeah. maybe the over-under is five. Mark, you're like, well, I'll tell you what. Defensive teams, it'll be lower. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta jump in here because I got I to gotta guess schedule. This, this, this was very uh, thoughtful. We'll have to go further down this uh, road because you said a lot of very, like you're not just coming on and trashing officials and saying you hate refs you're, you're talking about what's behind it and where you want the nhl to go so we'll we'll revisit this at some point i can tell you're very passionate about it and, and i don't blame you but thanks for listening and thanks for checking in man great phone call hey thanks for having me reed pleasure that is former d-man mark who uh 
I don't mind letting him take control there of the airwaves for a while. He had a lot to say. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as we move along tonight. We have, we have a lot of other stuff to get to, and we do have a guest coming up here inside Sports on Chet. Great call from former D-man Mark, very passionate about the state of officiating and rule enforcement in the National Hockey League. And I'm sure that's something we'll keep talking about as we uh, move along tonight and on future shows here on Inside Sports. That was a good, intelligent phone call. Uh, we got uh, Chris King coming up at 7.05. In about half an hour, we'll talk to Gloria Amanda, the Edmontonian who was recently named the best college soccer player in the NCAA. Huge honor for him. And speaking of Edmontonians doing well, we're going to bring Paul Sir onto the show, who is the Executive Director of Basketball Alberta. He's the Managing Director for Basketball Development 3x3 for Canada Basketball. Paul, thanks for hopping on, man. How are you doing? Doing great, Reed. Uh, I'm a little nervous, though, when you say you just had an intelligent call. I'm a little nervous about having to follow that up, so uh, I'll do you'll, my best. You'll be fine. <laughs> if anybody's going to be fine, it'll be you. Don't worry about that. No, but th- thanks for hopping on. Of course, yep. uh, we got the Canadian uh, 3x3 men's team looking to get to the Olympics. Uh, your son Steve is on that team. Uh, is, is Jordan playing for them right now? Uh, Jordan Baker, no. He declined to play. Uh, So they picked up a Toronto guard named Alex Johnson, uh, and uh, Alex has uh, been a great addition to the team. Okay, I think he had a bunch of points today. So so this is in Austria. So tell us how the tournament works and what Canada needs to do to go to the next step. Uh, There's 20 men's teams, 20 women's teams, uh, broken into four pools of five. Uh, The top two teams out of each pool will go to the quarterfinal match. Um, And so you've got to finish in the top three uh, out of the 20 teams in order to punch your ticket to the Olympics. So there's three spots, 20 teams fighting for them. So step number one is get out of pool play. So right now, uh, Team Canada, rather, is tied with uh, Team Latvia, who uh, in this in this tournament they're ranked fifth, but that's because of a different ranking system. They're actually the number one team in the world, and uh, so Team Edmund, Team Canada. I keep going back to that. We'll be squaring off against them tomorrow. Canada's two and zero. So is Latvia. So this is a this is another big game and another major step that forward that and a challenge that Canada has to meet. Okay, if they don't qualify out of this tournament, is there like a second chance or is this the last chance to get to the Olympics? For Canada, it's the last chance. And it's a long explanation that ties ties into the, the, the dreadful decision on the women's, the fate of the Canadian women's team last year. There is a second chance tournament that one more spot for the Olympics will be decided. And the thing that's so ironic is Latvia, the Netherlands, if they don't qualify in this tournament, they get to go to that other tournament. But Team Canada, because the women's team has played in the last two Olympics, 
isn't eligible even on the men's side to go to this other qualifying tournament. So that's a whole that's a whole different ball game, and I'd have to have your your poor listeners curl up on the couch with a snifter of something and then fall asleep because it would it would absolutely kill you to try to listen to it. So. <laughs> well, I think we, we, we touched on that a, a little bit when we found out the women's team uh, wasn't going to be For going. Sure. But, yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, I, I, I love, as you know, I, I mean, I, I love 3X3. I, I love your dedication to it. And, and I love that, you know, with Steve and with Jordan playing uh, in other tournaments we had and with the ploofs on the women's side, we had incredible uh, Edmonton representation on these teams. Though so I know it uh, it didn't work out. Then the Canadians women team, do they have a chance to play in or they're not even in this? No, they're, they're, they don't. They, they that's were just awful. They were they, eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we, I, yeah, we went down that road before I just was, was, was recapping. Rabbit, and then, the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think most people who, who listened remember that and how, uh, how odd it was. Okay. Uh, we got like one minute left. Uh, who's going to win in the association? We got the Hawks. Uh, the Hawk. I know it's still early. The Hawks are beating the Knicks by, by 15 so far tonight. By the way. Well, you, you know, as what this the, the East is amazing right now. Reed, the East is absolutely amazing. Uh, that, to talk about the Knicks and the Hawks, and they're playing well. Uh, the Bucks look the, the Bucks look good right now. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be awfully tough. East is going to be fun to watch. West. I don't know if they're if the West is fun to watch. Right now, it's it's kind of ugly. I, I think the most enjoyable series, especially if you don't like the Clippers, is the Dallas Clippers series. And so, uh, and I certainly fall into that category. So, I, I don't know who's going to. To be honest, Reed, I have no idea who's going to come out of the West right now. And I really, and, and I think Brooklyn's going to come out of the East. So you have to favor the Nets if they're all healthy. They they just look pretty much unstoppable. I don't know what you do with them, quite honestly. Nash okay. is doing a great job of staying out of their way, and uh, I, I think that's good. But I'm gonna one final comment uh, tomorrow. I think it's 10:40 on CBC Gem and on the website for www.fiba3x3.com. People can watch the live streaming of Team Canada playing Team Latvia, and then a couple of hours later they play the home team, Team Austria. If Canada splits tomorrow, they will be in the pool play on the weekend if they win both then they'd be the top seed okay so we can watch tomorrow then that's awesome oh, thanks yeah. for that yeah it's street and really good interesting fun commentary and uh good streaming quality so it's it's worth watching everybody who watches it read as you know loves 3x3 they can't believe how fast it is and how exciting it is yeah absolutely okay paul thanks for checking in man we'll uh we'll talk again down the road of course and we'll get steve on when he gets back Sounds great. Thanks so much, Reed. Take care, bud. Paul, sir, keeping you updated on the uh, Canadian 3x3 team as they go for the Olympics. Well, I see we got some limericks coming in. Do you have until 730-780-496-0063? Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.